Hey guys, a couple of weeks ago, I asked you if you would be interested in something that I'm calling mini mentoring, which is just a timed 15 minute focused kind of mentoring where you tell me about whatever problem or issue that you're having and then we workshop it quickly in in that 15 minutes. Well, the response has been overwhelming. I have already recorded a whole bunch of these. And so I, instead of just working it into the regular weekly rotation like I was planning to for the podcast, I'm actually giving it its own weekly feature. So I want you to mark your calendars and be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already subscribed, because this coming Friday, my very first mini mentoring episode is dropping and I don't want you to miss it. So last week I was on the sharp end of a really crappy customer service experience. Like, it was pretty bad. Without naming names, the short version of the story was that I paid $1,000 for a piece of software that came with some pre-recorded training, only to realize after taking dozens of hours to go through the training that the software was in the process of being updated from its original version to a new version, which basically put me in this um, limbo. The training that I had purchased was more or less meaningless because it was on the software that was being phased out. And the software that was being phased out, while still technically usable, if I were to use it, I was then going to have to redo the entire thing with the updated version in just a few months. The problem was the new version was not yet ready really to be useful now. I was going to have to wait for a few months in order for that to be useful. So all of this meant that it was kind of non-viable. So I had sunk all this time and money into a product that I couldn't use, but by the time I figured that out, the window for their refund had expired. And even though when I got on the phone with the customer service representative and she validated everything that I was saying and was saying, yes, that is the situation. Basically, they wouldn't budge on any part of the refund and told me like, sorry, you didn't figure this out sooner. Now, (laughs) I am all for policies and I understand that technically speaking, that company wasn't legally bound to do anything for me. But for the rest of time, I will avoid spending any money with that company and the person who runs it, and I will happily share that experience with anyone I encounter who's on the market for something similar. Like, I will warn them off of working with this company. But since I didn't want that $1,000 to be entirely wasted, I am going to leverage this experience to provide the inspiration for this week's podcast about what good customer service is and how you can provide it. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. fear wasting our time and our money. And when someone hires a photographer, they are investing both. Add to that fact that most people also have at least some level of concern about how they're going to look in their photos. And we as photographers have to recognize that when someone chooses to hire us, 
they are extending us a lot of trust. So as business owners, we need to honor that trust by being clear about what we offer, delivering on our promises, and being emotionally and practically equipped to manage problems because inevitably there will be problems. I've talked in other podcasts about being clear about what we offer. That's the education and communication stuff that I stress so frequently because the truth is that the best defense against client issues is a really good offense, effectively educating them, providing yourself and them with solid policies so they know what to expect, using clear language that they can understand, and then communicating with them frequently and in a variety of ways. Ideally, you're talking on the phone, you're creating short videos for people, and you're sending emails in addition to whatever kinds of prep guides and that sort of thing that you have. All of those things will reduce the problems that you have in your business by, I'm going to say, 90 to 95%. But the other 5 to 10% of the time, you have to be able to step up and address the problems that do arise. And when it comes to addressing problems, as when it comes to almost any other service or hospitality related issue, I like to turn to Danny Meyer. Danny Meyer was my boss from 2002 to 2004 while I was putting myself through nursing school, working at a restaurant in Manhattan called 11 Madison Park. Well, he was my boss's boss. He owned the restaurant that I was working at, along with several other restaurants around the city. And at the time, he was a pretty big deal in New York City in the, on the restaurant scene. But these days, he's just kind of a big deal, period. If you have ever eaten at a Shake Shack, you've eaten at a Danny Meyer restaurant. And actually, this is a story for another time, but Shake Shack started as a hot dog cart that my restaurant was preparing the food for one of the summers that I was working there. So fun fact. But I digress. (laughs) In his book, Setting the Table, which I love and recommend to any business owner, not just restaurant people, Danny Meyer talks about the five A's of effectively addressing mistakes. And I'm going to change the word mistakes to issues here, because whether or not the issue was your fault or your mistake, when it's a problem for your client, you have to handle it anyway. So the first A is awareness. When you sense that something is wrong, even before your client says anything, be proactive and give them opportunities to voice their issues with you. Don't be paranoid. Just because you didn't get an email back within 20 minutes of sending a gallery, that doesn't mean that you need to assume your clients hate their photos. But also don't wait around for your client to say something, especially when you can tell that they're frustrated or upset. The fact is that some people aren't going to say anything, but that doesn't mean that all is well. Your perception and your quick response can be the difference between a client who becomes a raving fan and one who disappears forever. The second A is acknowledgement. Admitting that there was a mistake, or if there wasn't a mistake, at least listening to your client's concerns in an open and non-defensive way is going to go a long way toward rebuilding that trust. Sometimes that's really all that's necessary. People like to feel seen and heard. But necessary isn't where I would suggest that you stop if you want to be perceived as a truly caring business owner. The third A is apologize. And this one can be tricky, especially if the issue is one that wasn't truly your fault. But whereas I know that there are companies out there who tell their customer service reps don't apologize for anything, 
because they, I guess, fear that an apology is more or less tantamount to guilt. I believe that there's almost always a genuine apology that can be made when a client has an issue. And of course, if you did mess up, by all means, make an authentic apology for that. There is no shame in admitting when you have done something wrong or if you've missed something. But if you didn't mess up, if you can show your clients that you care about their experience, they're almost always going to give you a second chance. So the fourth A is action. You need to do something about the issue immediately. And actions speak louder than words. So if you back your apology with immediate action to make the situation right, it's going to add validation to the fact that you care. And finally, Danny Meyer talks about additional generosity. That's the fifth A. And that's where you have the opportunity to turn a bad situation into not only an okay situation, but a really great one by exceeding expectations. In the bad experience that I had last week, I suggested to the customer service representative that I talked to that I felt like a partial refund was in order. Given the situation, if I had been in charge, the additional generosity piece would have been a full refund or a credit in the full amount toward a future purchase with the company. And remember, this purchase that I made from them involved zero hard cost for them. The platform and the training were already built So that $1,000 investment that I had made could have been refunded with no loss to them. Instead, what that $1,000 cost them was all of my future business and any business that I might have referred their way. It will also cost them the business of anyone I talk to because given the chance, I am going to actively dissuade people from using their company. Instead, if they had said, here's a $500 refund, we're sorry that you know, you came to us in this particular time and we really weren't ready. We can't give you a full refund for whatever reason, but here's half of your money back and here's a credit of $500 toward any future purchases with us. If they had done that, I absolutely would have seen that as them making a true and honest effort to come back. And I would have, you know, figured out a temporary solution in the meantime for my issue that I needed their software for. And when the second version was ready, I would have been back. I would have been their customer again. And let me give you another example. Recently, one of my students had a frustrating situation where her client, who had purchased 10 digital files from her, accidentally downloaded the wrong 10 files. And it seemed like there was some question as to whether it was the client doing the doing the wrong thing on the download or whether there was some sort of glitch in the gallery software. And my student couldn't really tell which of those was the reason either. It just happened and then, you know, they had the downloads. So the client emailed her to say they got the wrong 10 files and now they needed either 10 more or it was like they wanted to change some of them out. Now, by all rights, legally speaking, my student could absolutely have been like, sorry, you must have pressed the wrong button and downloaded those files. So if you want more, you have to pay for them. And again, legally, that's probably within her rights. Maybe it was the client's fault. But assuming that this client wasn't some sort of like terrible client who was taking advantage of her at every turn, the smart business owner 
turns around, apologizes for the inconvenience, even if, again, that's not something that they actively did. They say, I'm so sorry that you had this frustrating situation. And then they give the client those 10 more downloads, and maybe they also add in a $50 print credit for the trouble. What is that client on the other end? They come, because you know, when you send that email being like, I got the wrong 10 files, there's this vulnerable piece where you're like, oh God, am I going to have to spend more money to, you know, to get the files that I wanted, even if you feel like maybe you did something wrong and you can't return a digital file, right? That's not something that, that works. When you send that email and you're feeling that vulnerable feeling, if that business owner turns around and not only makes it right, but goes above and beyond to sort of show that they're sorry that you had this vulnerable situation to begin with, you are going to blow them away. And you just watch over time where that kind of customer service takes you. So the five A's of effectively addressing issues are awareness, acknowledgement, apology, you apologize and don't make excuses. This does not need to be a defensive apology as I spend a lot of time talking to my 14 year old about. Action and then additional generosity. But I do want to make two more points that are important for you to understand as a small business owner. The first is that it is imperative that you approach customer service from a position of power. And I realize that that sounds weird. (laughs) So let me explain. There are people out there in the world who look for loopholes specifically to exploit them, to take advantage. They look for people and businesses who aren't clear about their policies and they specifically choose to work for them just so they can then turn around and bully those people or businesses into giving them free stuff or free services. And those are toxic clients. I wish that that weren't true. I wish that those people weren't out there, but it they are. <laughs> that is the truth. And Independent business owners in particular can be especially vulnerable to that kind of client. Don't be one of those business owners. When you demonstrate that you are a professional with policies and contracts and clear expectations on both sides, you send a clear signal to those predatory clients. You've heard me talk about them before as snake clients. (laughs) You send a clear message to those snakes that they will have no luck with you and they move on before they even stop. When you get on the phone with someone who is a prospective client and they start kind of badgering you about, well, what if this, what if this, what if this, you can usually get a pretty good sense if they are looking for that kind of um, blowback. And what I see a lot of newer photographers doing is if they get on the phone with those people or if they're emailing back and forth, they try and make their answers to those questions sound as accommodating as possible. And what happens is with the wrong client, with a toxic client, they paint themselves into a corner where then magically those situations arise and that person says, but you said on the phone that you were going to, you know, refund my session fee if if I wasn't thrilled with all of the photos or something like that. Whereas if someone, if you're on the phone with a prospective client and they start raising these issues and you tell them, this is my policy for this, this is how I handled this situation. And you make it clear that it's fair on both sides, but also that they're not going to be able to walk all over you. 
if they are one of those um, people who looks for ways to exploit small business owners, they're going to hang up the phone, not hire you, and move on. And that's good. That is a good thing. You don't want that client. On the other hand, when your Bluebird clients get in touch with you, those policies and uh, procedures and sort of points that protect both them and you, they are going to hear those and say, oh good, this person knows what they're doing. And that's not going to scare them off because they're not interested in exploiting you. They want to work with you. They want to work with a person who is stable and professional and able to be trusted. And those policies build trust with the right clients. And then once you've got those building blocks in place, those contracts and policies and expectations, not only are you going to be working with a better quality of client, you're going to be heading off 90% of problems before they happen. The second point I want to make is that you need to be charging enough that you have a little bit of wiggle room to accommodate that additional generosity piece when the need arises. So if you charge the bare minimum that you need to earn in order to be profitable, when there's a problem, you end up cutting into your profits, sometimes kind of significantly, you end up paying to work with that client. I had uh, an experience very early in my photography business where I was working at the time with a an album company that doesn't even exist anymore, and their albums were very high end, and they took months to to make so you'd place an order and it was like these handmade albums and they would come back you know eight weeks later or whatever so it was not a short process and I got an album for a client back and one of the pages had been printed upside down and it was kind of an abstract picture so I understood how their designer got confused but they wouldn't fix it for free. I think I had to pay half price to have the album redone because it was like a handmade product. And and their, the cost, my cost for those albums was something like $500. So that was a $250 mistake that cost time and uh, money and time to get the album back to the client. And that really taught me, you know, the amount that my that individual client paid didn't necessarily need to cover that mistake, but over time, I needed there to be some cushion built into the prices that I was charging people so that when those situations did arise, I could afford to cover them without having to pass that cost on to the customer, which really wouldn't be fair. So even if you've made a mistake, That's not a reasonable or a sustainable way to run a business with zero margin of error. When there's some padding in your pricing, it allows you to be generous with your clients when things go wrong, or even if you just want to send some extra love to a really good client. And that kind of generosity goes such a long way. So this week, I want you to think about the problems that you have with your clients. What kind of issues arise on a regular basis or on a semi-regular basis? How are you preventing those problems? And then how are you solving them once they happen? We can all be great business people when our clients are happy, right? We give great customer service when everybody's thrilled. But the exceptional customer service happens when things go off the rails. And I hope that today's podcast has given you some food for thought on how you can step up under any circumstances. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. 
In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.